All right, I'm recording. Hold on. Meanwhile, in the pod cave. To another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman. I'm Alan. Uh, Again, one episode you miss, and we have no mm. idea how to open the show anymore. It's like two weeks without recording. I'm sorry, but my name's Alex. Hi, how are we doing? Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I've got Jacob waiting in the wings. Yeah, so. might as well, let me just go ahead and dial him in now. If we want to disconnect Alex, we're going to drop Alex. In that <laughs> we will drop him, yes. Yeah, so. I'm here, I'm here. All right. He, he, he's here and he's yeah. ready to go. Well, we, we, missed, go. we missed you last week, Alex. Uh, did you listen to the episode? No, but I heard I heard my, my substitute did very well. Um, he, was, very, um, he was a pretty good clone of you, that's for sure. Uh, he he I, really loved Mortal Kombat. He thought it was the greatest movie. And then within 30 seconds, he was picking out flaws with it. So it was, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he did a good, did damn good job. Though. He learned a lot from you. <laughs> what can I say? I'm good. To, I'm a good teacher. You're, you're a good influence on the young podca- podcasters of the world. Um, uh, so, uh, Alex, what what were you? You had finals. You had work to do, uh, so yeah. to speak. I was I was writing scripts and writing papers, doing all doing all the fun stuff, you know. Excellent. All my and I know, uh, I think we've mentioned it before on this show, and I know our listener is really anxiously waiting here, but when can we do a table read of one of your scripts? Oh, well, I have about 18 pages um, wow. of, a, of a feature I'm working on. So if, if, if whenever I can finish the first act, I'd say we can, we can start the table read. We could do a table read. I would love that. <laughs> the, the, the Podmen Tells or something like that, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Podmen uh, well, well, we do. We introduced a couple of new segments since you were gone. One of them was the news stream, which I don't. Uh, we don't have any new theme music for, so we'll roll the old one. Uh, but uh, just to let you know, this is just kind of a. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. We're not going to dive too deep into it, Alex. Uh, right. But just kind of get you know overall overall thoughts here with the news stream. All right, and uh, we got some casting news. Uh, we got casting news. We got renewals. We got revivals, uh, and a couple of trailers. Let's. Uh, what do we want? Let's start with casting a little bit. Uh, Brian, we've we've got a we've got at least one of the Green Lanterns. I've heard. Yeah, we've got one Green. La- well, actually, two Green Lanterns cast uh, so far for the Green Lanterns on HBO Max. Uh, they've cast. Um, uh, well, just this week, they've cast uh, um, Guy Gardner's uh, character, and Jessica Cruz is also cast, which uh, she's the first female uh, Green Lantern of Sector 2814. But, uh, yeah, so Guy Gardner actor, he's from um, American Horror Story. Oh, I don't okay. know him. Okay. I don't know he who does. it is. He's uh, 
headed. So, you know, we, we may immediately be losing, you know, the, uh, the ginger guy Gardner locks. Uh, but we found out some more information, which is pretty interesting. Uh, the, it's going to be set across multiple generations. The show is. So it's going to focus on Alan Scott in the, in 1941, where he is a, uh, FBI agent who is secretly gay. So that will be part of the story. And, then and, and a Green Lantern, or we don't know? And a Green Lantern. Okay. And okay. a Green Lantern. Yeah. But the assumption is it's going to be the Starheart and, and that sort of thing, not actual Green Lantern. Um, and then it's going to jump, and Guy Gardner and uh, uh, Jessica um, Cruz, Cruz are going to be set in 1984. All right. Which is, which oh, that's is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. It's pretty cool. So you get, like, the old Justice League International vibe. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Guy Gardner, if you write him the right way, like, you can't hardly go wrong. So, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see where they do I'm, it. We'll see where say, they go wrong. Gonna, yeah, they're going to screw it and, up. I'm sure. And I'm assuming in the future it'll focus on uh, Jon Stewart, if I had to guess. I, I don't think Hal Jordan's going to make his way into this. So, All right. Well, it sounds I, like it may I, be a little bit more interesting than your run-in-the-mill TV, uh, TV show. I think uh, Hal, Hal Jordan will be in space. Uh, he's going to be mentioned a lot, probably in the the future one, and uh, John Stewart's going to be, you know, the main the, star. The main guy. All right. What's interesting is this kind of like you can almost like draw some, uh, uh, make some inferences, and it's kind of what PMR said last week about the comics and letting comics evolve the characters and grow older. So essentially, if it's going to jump between 1941 and 1984, and then possibly present day. Is it going to be a threat that affects all three sets of the of three course, time periods? Yeah. Right? So, see, that, so see, that, would be, that would be very cool to do that way. Especially, I mean, with, with an alien, you know, they don't age. So you can have Those the same alien. alien that, no. They don't, some don't age. You know, them, some age slow. So, yeah, you but know, an alien uh, that fights Alan Scott uh, will, you know, be around 50 years later to fight Guy Gardner, you know? I mean... All right. Well, you could also say, uh, you know, the Justice Society villain, uh, what's his name? Um, Vandal Savage? No, old, you could, oh, Vandal Savage would be cool. But you could also do, what's it, Degaton? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Degaton, yeah. So, because he's a time, he's like a, uh, an evil version of, uh, <laughs> um, Rip, uh, Hunter. Someone, so. oh, Rip Hunter. All right, so we'll see. Again, it sounds a little bit more interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do with it. Uh, some other stuff that I know you guys both are excited about in the, in the renewal category. Uh, Young Rock <laughs> has gotten renewed. Uh, Alex, have you watched one episode of Young Rock yet? No. I, to be honest, I'm kind of sick of The Rock and every thing he touches. I, it's just, I, I, yes? I, uh, I was gonna say I kind of agreeing with you. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to dump him for my Instagram because he posts like eight times a day, and it's like, oh my god, I, I stop. Like, <laughs> go work like out this. a little bit. Quit posting, pal. He's, he's, oh god. He's, I will see his posts are, are lengthy too. Yeah. Oh, the man types like no other. I mean, <laughs> or at least cool. he has an assistant to type it, right? Well, yeah, it's like cut down on that shit. Maybe once a day, maybe once every 
two days would be fine, but god damn. Or just post, you know, a funny pic, something. But uh, Exactly. It's always him. It's always a picture of him or his gym. That's or, what people want, Podman. Right? Or his beautiful life. I mean, you know, it's like, God. <laughs> don't rub it in. We get it. Don't make my life suck even more. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dad. He does humble brag a lot. I'll tell you he what, does what humble else, brag a lot. What it reminds me of is, have you guys ever tried to look up a recipe on uh, on the Internet? And you get yeah. like the blog where it's like this, this uh, fragrance coming from my grandmother's kitchen takes me back to the day when I was a young child. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just the list of the ingredients. And, <laughs> yeah, and you're I'm like, like tell, tell me what me to put the, in. Just tell me the goddamn <laughs> recipe. <laughs> you gotta read like like a dissertation about this kid's childhood and why she identifies with B. Stroganoff before you can give her the fucking <laughs> recipe. Yeah, I mean, it's oh. it's it's like this. It's Clearly, only people who really like have a feel for themselves want a TV show based off their youth. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> this is a surprising turn. Why do I need, to waste, why do I need to waste 30 minutes of my week to, to learn about or ask a wrestler turned actor? I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's not inspirational. Oh. I'm glad you worked hard, but like, who cares? Like, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, but I, uh, I am surprised to hear this kind of talk coming from the pod, man. I love uh. the show, but I just, yeah, his <laughs> posts on, on Instagram and Twitter are, are a little lengthy. Yeah, I like a rock is a little lengthy. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we're getting another season, so you you got to watch it eventually there, Alex. <laughs> I got to keep getting ads on my YouTube about Young Rock. <laughs> exactly. Wow, well, hopefully this one will hit you a little bit more. Invincible. Uh, renewed not for one, but two more seasons from Amazon. Uh, PMR, I know you love it. Oh, my God, yeah. I, this last episode I just watched today because I'd forgotten about it. Uh, <laughs> I did. I just completely forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Brian reminded me, and oh, my God, the, the, the finale was just unbelievably good. All right. Well, again, a couple of more uh, seasons from it, and from what I understand, Brian, we have a lot of a lot of uh, 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 source material to pull from for those these next two seasons, right? Oh yeah, it went uh, like 130 issues. <laughs> uh, the only bad news in all this is, uh, I'm guessing they haven't started production on it yet. So since so, I'm I'm wondering how long the wait's going to be before we get to season two if they're just now renewing it now and we got yeah, the- yeah that well the animated you know, show got- takes a couple of years normally. Yeah, but I got a feeling they. Got some stuff in the pipe. I I don't think they would have. They're gonna let it sit for so long. I, I don't know, but like J J K Simmons' voice acting is fantastic. I mean, yes, he plays. Oh my god that that last episode. Jesus. All right, we're going to talk about it. Don't get into it too much. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and maybe uh, the the star, uh, what uh, Stephen Ewan, Ewan, what uh, uh, his price tag may have went up a little bit too now, right? So who knows if he'll be back? But we shall see. Uh, he wouldn't be in the in the revival, he owes his career to, to Robert Kirkman. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, and the revivals, both uh, some great uh, shows from the past getting revivals. Smallville, an animated show. Uh, where'd this come from? Who asked for Smallville animated? Well, apparently uh, the two main characters, 
Tom. Uh, <laughs> the actors who are looking for a job. That's who demanded. They're looking for a job. Yeah. Who oh, okay. out of Smallville? They said, "Hey, let's do an animated version of Smallville," and we'll voice the characters. So Tom Welling and um, Michael Robin Rosenbaum. Mike, Michael Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. That's it. So they're pitching a Smallville animated revival. Well, and if that doesn't work out, maybe a live action where uh, Superman and Lex Luthor are in the same nursing home together. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of wacky stuff back and forth for those guys. That could work, right? Well, let me ask you this. Is this is this definitely been picked up or is it just still in development? That's the, in development, but they're pushing hard for it. I mean, they've already – they've got – I mean, you saw in the article, they've got, like, character concept designs and all that kind of stuff. It's not like they don't have, you know. I feel like brothers. this would be, uh, this would be so boring. I just, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, I like Smallville. Don't get me wrong, but it's, I think, you know, it's, it was because it was live action. You know, it was all we had at the time. And, you know, the stories were good, but I couldn't imagine watching this in cartoon <laughs> form. And well, how like the drama utterly, plays out. I'll give you counterpoint. I, <laughs> I'll give you counterpoint on it. Uh, we just spent how long gushing over Invincible? Yeah, but it Warner started. Brothers. But it is I a know, I understand. Warner Brothers is looking for content. It's probably not too big a jump to say, "Wait, we've got a property people are still fond of, animated. Look at the how everybody loves Invincible." We never really yeah. showed you that Clark as Superman. So now, because we didn't have the budget to, now we can show you that Clark, that universe, Superman so we, Lex in the future. Are we, we going to show Jor El holding uh, Clark at, in front of a subway and smash him and killing everybody on the subway? Maybe. No, I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if they do, they'll get I, sued and they'll have to go to court. Night court. I just. <laughs> Alex, were you going to say something? No. <laughs> Nothing. Well, what were you going to say about Night Court, a Night Court revival? Man, I'm so excited. I'm wow. such a fan of the original Night what? Court. You've I have no idea. I have no Night idea what you're talking about. Ah, you had me going there, Alex. I thought I was the and only one that couldn't stand it. <laughs> I love Night Court. What? What even is Night Court? Oh my God! PMR. Night Court was a vehicle for Harry Anderson, where he was a judge who, who was a, a comedian magician set up. Who that, Harry in real that, life? That's who he was, right? That guest that guest starred on Friends a lot. Uh, not Friends, uh, Cheers a lot. Cheers, yeah. And and they gave him his own show, and he was the judge presiding over a night court that would get these wacky cases. And we're in the middle of the night. And you had the public defender, and you had the uh, the district attorney, and the public defender was like a lech named, uh, uh, well, it's John Larroquette. Uh, Dan, what was his last name? Dan uh, Fielding. Fielding. Dan Fielding. Oh, I can't remember where my car is. I know. Right Good now, Lord. I can remember Dan Fielding from Night Court 35 years ago. I mean, Night Court ran for like, Six seasons, didn't it? Seven seasons? Six or seven seasons. <laughs> it was known for uh, casting a bailiff that was about 80 years old and her dying the first season. And then they cast another 80-year-old. <laughs> she died within like six months. So then they decided, you know what? We better quit casting old 
<laughs> bailiffs, and they went with a sassy black woman. It but, went for nine seasons. Night Court went for nine seasons. You would love it, I was, Alex. I, I was I was only on board for about three of those seasons. <laughs> okay, so. wait a minute. Now we're getting down to it. No one really liked Night Court, right? I did. I okay. did. Right. I love for Night Court. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, we'll we'll look forward to it. Uh, also, in the funny business. Well, uh, hang on. Yes, we, we're not we're not moving through the news stream very quickly. I'm quite done with with uh, uh, Nat Court yet. So they're doing the revival of it. Uh, John Larroquette is scheduled to come back, and then Melissa Roush from uh, Big Bang Theory, who was going to produce it, is now she's going to star in it. So she was originally producer, but now I guess she's going to star in it as well. And and I'm assuming that uh, she's Harry Anderson's son or daughter. She's Harry's daughter who had a sex. <laughs> She is. Yeah. She, they, they've already said that she's going to play his daughter. Yeah, she's his daughter, but I'm assuming like her mom is Christine. So You're assuming. You're... Assuming. But Harry and Christine had like a will they, won't they thing, the the, the whole series. Maybe, so, maybe they did. And maybe they finally maybe they did. finally done it. Or maybe they didn't. It, okay. It's weird. No with, one with cares. It, I, I've been in two of these conversations today. We went to brunch with uh, friends of ours. And they, they they had like a piano player there, and he he played um, "This Is My Life" by uh, um, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Oh lord! And I was like, "Oh, it's the theme song from Booty Bosom Buddies." Nobody knew what the hell I was talking about, so I had to sit there and explain the the plot line for Bosom Buddies to all these to three other people today that looked like I was an idiot. It's like a, you had a separate <laughs> podcast today. Yeah, it is. You remember when Bosom Buddies came out and then after it was canceled, Peter Scolari got the job on Newhart. Newhart, yeah. Was, and he was like the famous one of the two. Like everybody yeah, was cool. like, oh, Tom Hanks, oh, what happened to him? He's 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 a nobody now. Peter Scolari, man, his career skyrocketed after Bosom Buddies. Yeah. Tom Hanks is laughing yeah. now. Alex, did you ever see Bosom Buddies? All the time. Actually, you want to hear the pitch? Day of, I, I make sure I watch it every day of my life, in fact. You have never what, watched What, what about I Love Here's Lucy? Have you ever seen that, Alex? I actually Friends. have watched I Love Lucy. Oh, I, I love Lucy. Lucy's pretty funny. so hard. <laughs> uh, so what? Oh. <laughs> Brad is trying to shove us through this new story. <laughs> I know. Well, we've got like six movies to review. Everybody's filled up with stuff. Alex wants to review three fucking Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I got to get through hey, and we're 20 minutes in the podcast already. Can I give the quick like uh, elevator pitch? <laughs> yes, for, uh, we're going to skip. We're going to skip the Olivia Olivia Dukakis and Memorial just so you can give this pitch for Bosom Buddies. <laughs> All right, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> <Bosom> buddies. <laughs> Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> Bosom Buddies is much more uh, exactly. important right now. All right, so you had Tom Hanks. This is Tom Hanks' first acting gig, right? His first acting uh, thing, like of, of note on IMDb. Him and his buddy, weren't they cartoonists? And work, work for a paper? <laughs> so or am I just they, completely making that up? Uh, I don't know. You may be mixing them up with Ted Knight and Too Close for Comfort. I don't know. Oh, it might be. Another great show. It, it, anyway, they were something like that. They go, on a, they go on a double date, and they bring the girls back, and they find out that the girls are living in this rent-controlled apartment in New York, but it's women only. So they begin to uh, dress in drag, 
so they can rent an apartment, but they have to stay in. The landlord can't find out that it's cut two men living in the building or else they'll get ejected. Wackiness ensues. Wackiness oh, my ensues. God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's putting the situation in a situation comedy. Yeah, oh. I mean, does that not sound like something that you would want to hear about? I mean, that sounds like some wacky situational comedy. If I, if I know what situational comedy even is, I mean, that, that really is the definition. That's the situation. Well, <laughs> all right. All right. So <laughs> let's roll off. All right. Uh, there's a, a I Love Lucy biopic with uh, Javier Bardem and uh, Nicole Kidman in the leading roles there. So that's kind of uh, interesting casting, to say the least. Yeah, that's that's a terrible who, casting. But who, no. who I have to wonder, coming from someone young. Who's asking for any of this? Yeah, nobody wants any of anything. No one wants any of the stuff we just talked about for 20 minutes. Like, no one. Like, like I, can, I can understand a biopic on, like, Mr. Rogers. Like, that's at least, like, it, it's not that old. I Love Lucy was in the fucking 50s. Yeah. Let it go. Let, let it go, people. Let I agree it with go, you. people. I don't, even know, I don't even know what night whatever it was is, and I don't oh. care. I'll never care. I don't know who's asking for these things, but man, streaming services are desperate. Ugh. Wow. Goodness Wait, gracious. Alex has wow. really come back with a vengeance, and I kind of like That's it. That's why I think they, they are desperate. That's why we should get our, our, our script out there. All right. You got to get that. that you got to hurry up in that rush that know, script, man. Alex. All right. Into <laughs> the, the new era, we do have Sweet Tooth, which is a relatively new comic book i think i've seen pictures of it but i've actually has anybody ever read sweet tooth or are we just going to wait for the movie i'm just waiting for the, the is it a movie it's a tv show isn't it whichever no one asked for it according to no Alex. nope no one's asked for it <laughs> now the writer jeff laramie is pretty good like I've i love read this but jeff laramie's a good writer but yeah yeah again another case and something modern that who the fuck asked for? I mean, it's getting to the point now where I think every streaming service and every studio just wants a comic book thing to have or some old thing to revive to get a few more subscribers. And I'm really getting bored. Like, wow. give me something new. It's it's getting old. Every time I turn on a new movie, it's ass. And then I see announcements for six old revived TV shows to come back. Like, it's like, come on. Let it die. Your career's dead. Let it go. But you just said the new stuff sucks too. So what do you want to do, Alex? It's all Um, all crap. (laughs) Make something good. I know. (laughs) Spielberg's redoing, uh, what's he redoing? Guys and Dolls? uh, Not Guys and Dolls. Spielberg? Yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, he's doing West Side Story. West Side Story, thank you, yeah. West Side Story is like the best musical movie ever. Yeah, but did did we need a revival of it? No, no, no one cares. No, we got in the Heights coming up from Lin Manuel. Did anybody ask for that? Exactly. No, I, I asked. Oh, I asked for that. But no. anyway, <laughs> all right. So we got a Sweet Tooth trailer. No one knows anything about it. It's about a baby human uh, deer hybrid, hybrid and it's produced by Robert Downey yeah. Jr. So that's that's Robert about Danny all it's going for it. I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and apparently the world is running up with hybrids, and he's the first human hybrid. So hybrid, like like half gas, half uh, electric. Yep, half. Yeah, exactly. half, half goat, half man. He's Sweet half, tooth. Well, I think it's a deer. 
Okay. He's half deer, half man. All right. That's <laughs> Yeah. Sweet. And then finally, uh, more stuff that we're revived. We can't let go of Star Wars The Bad Batch. We can't get, low, get let go of the Clone Wars. So these are clones that are a little bit different, a little bit messed up, a little bit bad boy. A lot of people don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you care about the bad boys of uh, The Bad Batch? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. I mean, uh, okay. I'll be fair. I am. I am interested. I really. The, I. I skipped the middle arc of the last season of Clone Wars with Ahsoka and those two other ladies, but I did watch the Bad Batch arc, and while it wasn't great, it was fun, and I liked the Bad Batch. But do they need their own show? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Will I watch it? Maybe the first episode if I'm bored. Yeah, if but they're we'll lucky. See. I like it. If they're lucky. Uh, and see, I'm. I flipped. I couldn't ever get into Clone Wars, but I really enjoyed Rebels. And so now I want to watch The Bad Batch because of Rebels. So, uh, and it it premieres on Tuesday. So it it premieres on May the 4th. So episode one's May the 4th, and then episode two is going to be its normal time slot on Fridays. On Disney Um, Plus. All right. On Disney Plus. I'm going to start. So premieres, what's the. Tomorrow? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never watched Rebels or um, the other one, Clone Wars. I try so hard to watch Clone Wars. And I've watched watched the last, what, four episodes when it was the wrap up of it? Yeah. uh, Where it tied into the the movies. And it it was really good. That was fantastic. But I, I could never get into the, you know, starting from the beginning. It just, it just took well, forever to. It gets that's. I think that's the thing is. I think if you watch the Clone Wars, like Dave Filoni's presence becomes more and more. You know, because uh, Disney. Well, it was the time when before Lucas sold to Disney, right? And yeah. I think it, it was popular, and I think like they they let go of the reins more and more and more as the seasons go on, and yep. it becomes more and more Dave Filoni. So I, I kind of, I mean, I want, but yeah, getting through those early episodes, the Clone Wars is, is rough. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, but the, the Clone Wars, the best course of route as someone who's watched every episode, um, is literally look up online the best story arcs because they're all just vignettes. Like they're just stories to fill in the gap between episode two and three right. and like all that. So just look up the best ones. Look about the ones where Darth Maul comes back. Any arc with Darth Maul is not a waste of time. It's fucking great. Uh, Anakin's really great. I mean, it's really just there to flesh out these characters. And they're, you're right. Dave Filoni gets way more control as the series goes on, and it gets so much better and way darker, and it's so good. What? Fucking great. That's is part of why I like Rebels, because Rebels is all Dave... I mean, it's characters he created. It's, yeah. It's of, his car, of the cartoons, it's the one that's the most current, because it's post-Order 66, right? Yeah. So and and he basically got to do whatever the hell he wanted with it. I, I and so I I really enjoyed Rebels, and so I kind of feel like uh, I don't know with that momentum and letting him letting him run with well and the fact that he's he's one of the producers of uh, um, the Mandalorian right and it's and everybody loves Mandalorian so hopefully they give him free reign with the Bad Batch. Hopefully this is what he wanted to do. Like this was like the and I kind of feel like it is like because. Like you guys said, who wants the Bad Batch? Well, probably Dave Filoni wants the Bad Batch. So if that yeah. means, that's probably going to be pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be bad. I think it'll, it'll probably it's it's gonna be Clone Wars, and I'm I love Clone Wars, so I'm never gonna deny any more of it. Yeah. All right, y'all gotta y'all gotta remind me about it on Wednesday. I mean Tuesday. I'm yeah, gonna already forgot. Yeah, Tuesday, May the fourth. Right. What are are you doing? Anything exciting for May the fourth? Anyone? I guess I'm watching the Bad Batch. Okay. All right. It sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Guess I'm gonna watch the Bad. All right. Uh, no real deaths to talk about. I don't think. Uh, let's just. Uh, honestly, Olympia Dukakis. God damn it. No a, one died? No she, one they died. did. We don't have time to talk about it. Olympia Dukakis died. Yeah, we what, bumped her uh, for the, the uh, Bosom Buddies uh, the, no, 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 retro no, no. review. You know what? 25 years ago, or maybe 30, she was like a hot commodity. She so was a hot piece of day. ass. You're right. Steel Magnolias, <laughs> Moonstruck. No comic book connection, though. we got to pass no her. No comic book connection. All right, yep. go to the movies. All right, Brian, the Millers versus the Machines. Now, this is from uh, some writers and producers that you love. It's a Netflix movie. Uh, I almost talked my kids into watching it this weekend, but didn't quite make it there. Uh, anybody else watch it other than Brian? I did. Oh. I did watch it because I was interested because it was Sony Animation. So I was like, you know what? I really love Spider-Verse. Let me, let me, see, let me see how this is. Well, all right, Podman Ron. What'd you say? <laughs> Did you watch the Millers and versus the Machines? No, you weren't. You weren't supposed to. This was a a voluntary movie watch, so don't no, feel bad if you it. didn't. Okay, good. No, I didn't. All right, Brian, give us the setup here. Uh, it's well. At first, it's Chris Miller and Phil Lord who did yep. uh, uh, the Spider Into the Spider Verse movie. Right, the, they were fa- famously fired from the Han Solo movie. Uh, and they did uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And between Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Into the Spider-Verse, this is very much Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. wasn't bad, but it was, you know, straight comedy the whole time. There wasn't really any threat to the whole thing at all. But the Millers are a dysfunctional family. They're going on a cross-country road trip when uh, everybody's iPhones uh, decide to turn on them and... Uh, uh, a robot invasion ensues. And so the world's most dysfunctional family has to take down the robot apocalypse. Okay. So, yeah. you know, generic, uh, nothing ex- too exciting there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Danny McBride is the main character, Ooh. which I do love. I do love Danny McBride. Yeah, everybody loves Danny but, McBride. Uh, what's uh, the yeah, song? What's the song? Netflix. It's yep. on Netflix. Okay. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but Netflix bought it when all this stuff went down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't – Alex, what did you think? I mean, it's not bad. I mean, the kids um, loved it, but it's I, – I, I went in, I guess, with high hopes. I really love Phil Lord and Chris Miller. But, man, I was so fucking bored. Wow. <laughs> I, it, it was – and like Brian said, it's really it's, – it's a good – if you have, like, young kids, I mean, this is a pretty entertaining movie, I would say, but – I don't know. There was there was no real heart behind it. I, I felt like this was just something that this is like a passion project that they wanted to do, but it wasn't anything that wouldn't would get made until Spider Verse came out, and then the studio went, "Okay, well, you did good here. Here's here's your own little project for yourself." But I, I never would think that this is something noteworthy. I, I watched a review, and someone said it's almost like you're following. Um, 
uh, not the Griswolds, but the other family from Christmas Vacation that they go to the house to. Um, um, yeah, all of them. It was like you're following that family. It's like you like them, but they're not as interesting and they're not as funny. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. It wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that funny, in my opinion. But, you know, it's not going to it's not going to. You're not going to be like, oh, I wasted two hours. You're just going to go, well, that was something. That was something. Was All right. Killer. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel so like a little bit of a disappointment, Alex, it sounds like. A little bit. Alex said it wasn't a – but there wasn't like a um, like a heart behind it. I, well, I don't know that it came across, but I feel like this – it's called the Millers. So I'm pretty sure, you know, Chris Miller's like, this is like my family. This is like – what us going on cross country vacations that kind of thing yeah and and the whole film school thing i i did she's, see the, yeah she's going to film school she's so. going to film school but i also didn't really i don't know i i guess as someone who kind of wishes they like who does a lot of study in film and who's like oh film school would be dope i feel like they don't really show the, the real, a real fair depiction of how hard it is to get into film school or how hard film school is it's like it's kind of just like this thing that's just like it's just a plot device really for our characters and it's just kind of lame i don't know whatever <laughs> i'm whatever. over it wow okay well uh, i'm not i'm not convinced i will will watch it now I'm, I'm i am disappointed because i was looking for something fresh from lord and miller but uh i don't know no nah, it's not fresh i mean this if you have you watched cloudy with a chance to beat balls yeah yeah either the two movies. Yep. If you wanted Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs three, this is the movie. Okay. Yeah. So and I'd rather but, just watch Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Which <laughs> Cloudy was a fine movie. I mean, again, fine kids movie. It had some, you know, kind of funny pacing. You know, adult, not adult pacing, but pacing that adults could enjoy in it and stuff like that. I thought, but uh, yeah. yeah, nothing fantastic. It's worth watching. It's worth watching, but you know, it, at the same time, it's it's not groundbreaking or anything. So. <laughs> Ain't no Spider Verse. No Spider Verse. All right. So what, what do you what do you give it, uh, Alex? Uh, let's, I think it, I'd be generous and give it a three, but because I can't even remember half the movie, I'll give it a two. Wow, a two and a, a binary. Yeah, uh, zero. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's an honest half review, a- right there, Brian. I'll still give it a three. Okay. Yeah. Three and a one. So you, at least worth one, watching one if, time. If you have anyone in the household under the age of 13. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine watching this with someone younger and being more enthused by their enthusiasm. But other than that, uh, nah. <laughs> Not for me. Okay. Well, well, there you go. Podman Ryan, I'm guessing that's a big no for you, right? Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch that. I got too much of this stuff to watch especially with that night court revival coming out yeah you are you've got, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff got a lot there. of stuff yeah, absolutely uh well alex you missed it i finally uh the the streaming wheel finally was uh unkind to me and landed on me uh so i had to watch the last blockbuster again on netflix Ouch. and brad i watched it Volun- uh, as well. You watched it voluntarily. voluntarily. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, so basically, as one might expect from a documentary called The Last Blockbuster, it's about the, the, the rise and fall of Blockbuster video. Wait, uh, really? Yeah, I know. It's surprising, right? <laughs> Holy it should shit. be streamed on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they can, there's a streaming? What's that? 
their streaming services? I didn't know. Yeah, well, they all suck. They're all looking for something, yeah. and it's all bad. Trust me, it's not worth it. Uh, but basically, it focuses on uh, the last blockbuster or what becomes the last blockbuster over years in Bend, Oregon. Uh, and it, again, it talks about the the rise and fall. Uh, it has uh, various stars that you know, of course, Kevin Smith, Paul Shear, Brian Poussein, um, everybody recalling their Adam memories. Uh, who's that? Adam Brody's on Adam there. A um, um, couple Doug of other Benson. people. Oh, yeah. Doug Benson makes an appearance there. So you have this celebrity. Everybody's recalling the, the wonderful days of when they used to visit Blockbuster or work at Blockbuster and stuff like that. Uh, maybe to Alex's uh, point earlier, I'm not sure how much this documentary would resonate with younger people who didn't live through that experience of walking through the aisles of Blockbuster and all that stuff. Uh, God, yeah. Can you remember, you remember like Friday nights? Yeah, I mean, you were trying to go get the Blockbuster early so the, all the good movies wouldn't be gone. And, you know, there was like a line just to check out and you'd get there and the, all the hot movies were gone and you're like, Oh fuck, you know, you had to go rent, you know, Turner and Hooch and shit. <laughs> Bosom buddies. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, they talk about a lot of that stuff, you know, the, uh, uh where you used to have to kind of control the, the return, you know, the, the, cause you'd ask, you'd say, I'm looking for this. Oh movie. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's supposed to be coming in. And, and you just, you'd, you'd, you'd wait like, around you know, for an hour waiting for a fucking yeah. movie to come. Yeah. In. Yeah. Like, back hey, what's, and forth. what's you dropping back off? What's you dropping off? What's you dropping off? <laughs> until, until I can't tell you how many times I, I'd walk over there to that little bin that would come in and kind of look over and see, and everybody would be doing the same damn thing. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, good good times were had by all back then. Like I said, everybody recalls it, and it, again, it focused on uh, uh, the one last blockbuster in, San, in uh, Bend, Oregon, uh, managed by Sandy Harding. Uh, who basically has, you know, half the town worked at Blockbuster and most of her family worked at Blockbuster at one point and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there's a, a, the, the drama of the movie, of the documentary is that, hey, they may get shut down too. Um, uh, Dish Network ended up buying, buying Blockbuster. So right. Viacom bought them and then Dish Network bought them. And they have to, every year they have to get their, their contract renewed to continue to use the blockbuster name. So that's right. You heard the bell there. That's right. That's correct. Right. Uh, but you know, again, it was kind of interesting, uh, you know, how they, you know, they went from whatever it was, you know, 10,000, 90,000 stores or something like that in 2017 that they, there was one uh, thing that I wrote down that, uh, that they, they had a new store opening, uh, every 17 hours across the country type stuff. There was something, there was some 9,000 stores. Exactly. They had 9,000 stores in 2017. Uh, and, or it, it went from 20, from 9,000 to 2017 down to 12, then four in 2018 and then one in 2019. So it, I honestly, not to interrupt, but I honestly can't believe they had that many in 2017. I mean, I know well, that wasn't too long I ago. Thought, no, I thought Blockbuster pretty much went out probably like 2013, 2015, you know, I mean. Well, they you, said, go sorry, go ahead. Well, the interesting part is what actually killed them, because what do you think, what do you think killed Blockbuster? They didn't buy Netflix. Well, they didn't buy Netflix, but that's not what killed them. What was it? Every, so they talk about, you know, everybody thought it was Netflix that, that, 
put them out of business. It wasn't. They said that when they did the whole, you know, uh, rent online, drop off in store, you can rent at the store, you can rent online, you can stream. They said that their their service was at the time Netflix was was doing all that stuff. They they threw more at it, and their service worked better, especially the streaming piece. But uh, it was the mortgage crisis. When 2008 hit, um, they were carrying too much debt because when Viacom bought them, Viacom shifted the debt over to Blockbuster for the because <laughs> Blockbuster ran so much cash. They shifted the debt, their debt obligations to Blockbuster because they were trying to buy Paramount. Ah. So it went coming out of 2008 with the mortgage crisis, the um, – Netflix won just because they weren't carrying all that debt. Blockbuster couldn't meet their debt obligations, but it wasn't even debt that they had. It was debt that was put upon them by Viacom. And now we have Paramount Plus. I hope we have <laughs> people. Well, I was going to say that y'all were talking about openings. I remember the one where we were located at, lived at, when it was, was grand, the grand opening, how big of a deal that was. You know, because all we had around us was mom and pops. But you remember so they had, like, CDs and, uh, like, I bought uh, Guns N' Roses' uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 at that Blockbuster. Yeah, but I was going to say that, like, the, the grand opening at that Blockbuster had the piano from Big. Yeah. that was They brought that <laughs> right. in. That was, like, one of the big things, they, you know. They also had, the, they had a Tucker. Remember? They yes, had the Tucker that's cars? right. That's right. They had the. They had the Tucker car and they had the grand piano that had the big walk piano from Big. God, I forgot about the Tucker car. And yeah, the piano that was, was like there for big years. Thing. Yeah, it's been there, there for, for like five time. years. Yeah. But I mean, Blockbuster was a big thing. I mean, like I said, it was like a, it was a ritual to go there, you know, and, and rent movies and walk around forever trying to find something. Yeah, I mean that was he again. The they, the best part of the documentary was people kind of recalling the stuff like that, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that was you know the the, uh, the oh. cases all look the same and all that kind of stuff, and the torn edges and the I, I don't, smell the, <laughs> the smell of it, and then one uh, one person was talking about you know this is where you know kind of Netflix and chill kind of came from. It's like well let's just let's just go to Blockbuster and rent a movie and go back to my place you know and that's where you know that's where that kind of, you didn't have to take the girl out to a movie and out to eat and then end up at your you had a way to go back to your place immediately so yep. um, yeah so yeah, again it was kind of a fun little uh, romp if I can use Alex's buzzword there uh, down memory lane but. Overall, eh, not really a great uh, documentary within itself, I uh, didn't feel. Brian, did you I, – I kind of halfway paid attention to it, about halfway into it. Well, I think it kind of – I don't think they knew what they were getting into. Right, right. I think they started this thing because it went over like four years, yeah. right? And so it's like uh, I don't know. I think they're just lucky that, that the stores kept closing and, and, and it had more resonance when it was done than, than when they started. But uh, uh, I disagree with the best part. The best part was Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, that's right, Cause, yeah. Because the, the uh, owner and founder of uh, Troma uh, Studios. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about him. Um, and uh, Toxic Avenger. You know, what's fun? Did you notice, Brad, when he was going into his house, he has a bust of the Toxic Avenger 
over his doorway in New York. Right, right. Well, it's kind of wild. But uh, but yeah, he they had to, they wanted to interview him, and basically he he hates Blockbuster so much that they finally just had to say, okay, well that's all for Lloyd Kaufman. So they had to cut off his interview. Um, but yeah, that, Lloyd Kaufman was the best part. That was he, that easily the best part of the. Uh, even though I'm I, maybe maybe I got my uh, trauma videos from Joey down the street, which I'll have to. Uh, Podman Ron, you'll have to tell us the name of Joey's store because I sure don't remember it. But I mean, I'm World almost positive video. that uh, uh, Blockbuster carried trauma movies, so I don't know what the uh, problem there well, was. Well, he said that the only way they could get him in was in franchises. Right, right. If it was a franchise Blockbuster, he could get him to take the tape. But if it was a corporate location, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I they didn't want any of trauma stuff. What, I'm sorry, what was uh, Joey's uh, uh, store called, Ron? Uh, world photo and video. World photo and video, and then and again in this documentary they talked about the old timey stores being different from block that blockbuster was different. Everything was bright, new, family friendly. They talked about the old stores where you had the beads that would separate you the the normal videos to the rated R Adult rated section. X videos yeah. and all that. Oh stuff yeah, that Joey oh, definitely yeah. had Joey, as well. Joey had a back room. So. <laughs> Good old days of video stores. So anyway, like Blast, 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 Blast Buster on Netflix, uh, it may be worth a view. I'd give it a two and really a binary of zero. Your your life would be unchanged if you didn't watch it. It was it maybe, to, Brian, to your point, they didn't really know what story they were going to tell, whether it was like the story of Blockbuster or focusing in on Bend or whatever, but it felt like it was just an uneven documentary for me. And I agree with that. There is one takeaway uh, from this film for me is that if anyone is if any person alive is able to overdose from marijuana, it is Doug Benson, because <laughs> that dude is addled. He was <laughs> he just, at one point. He was just like, just tell me what am I supposed to say here? And it was yeah. supposed to be an impromptu thing. Like, I remember when blah, 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 blah. They were just feeding him the line to tell him. Yeah, that dude is not doing well. And I don't know how old he is. He can't be that old. I don't know. He's probably in his 40s. Well, in his 40s, I would say, right? Yeah, but he's got the brain of a, a yeah. 78 year old. <laughs> Super high me from uh, Doug Benson. So good one. All right, uh, now it's time to, to spin the wheel again, I think. Uh, so I, Holy cow, he's 58 years old. Oh, well, maybe he's well-preserved. Maybe so. Wow, that's not <laughs> bad at all. I apologize, Doug Benson. Yeah, you're my hero. I hope I look that good. Well, I hope I'm that functional when I'm that old. i got to start yeah. smoking pot. I guess so. All right, so I've I've uh, on Netflix. I have replaced uh, replaced that movie now with a new homeowners. This that uh, these damn ads with a new one from uh, one of my favorite uh, directors, and uh, we'll we'll see if we land on it. But it's the Grand Master. Has anybody heard of the this what? movie? Is that the KKK movie or something? The Grand Master, <laughs> Grand Wizard. That's the Grand oh. Wizard. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well, but What's it's the a, grand master? it's a, the like the uh, beginnings of martial arts type movie. I think you'll oh, like it. God. I think oh, you'll well. like it. I hope you get it. Okay. So right. Who's getting? Who's who's the next recipient? Well, I'm going to spin the wheel right now, and let's find out. 
one there let me send this to you guys oh no and this is you get it oh uh, god brian you're up next uh, all right it's fine it kind of fits in with what uh what my retro review was anyway all right, very good. Well, well, I'm not saying you have to watch that, but if you do, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, all right, Brian, and now oh, you, get, right. you get to spin the movie and see what movie you're going to watch. Let's do it. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Ah. You know what, Brian? I think you're going to be very happy with this movie. I don't think you're going to be uh, sad about it at all. Uh, and it's actually one that Alex, I believe you had chose for us. Sure. Last time, and it is THX eleven thirty eight. Oh, I've I'm, never seen it. Wow, I may fantastic! Watch it with you, I might watch it with you. All right, very good. So, Brian, I think you got pretty lucky with that one. Actually, I think I may have. Yeah, <laughs> that's George Lucas Robert Duvall. Movie? Yeah, Robert Duvall and George, George Lucas. Lucas. If it's not Star Wars or American Graffiti, I don't want to know it. All right, so Brian, you've got your assignment for next week. Anybody else that wants to watch it, please do. Uh, but let, now let's go over and, uh, uh, yeah, Podman Raw, you said you did watch the finale, so we can talk a little bit of spoilers in Invincible. All right, Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, where were we? Six, eight episodes or so, whatever, kind of a short. I think it's eight. Eight episodes. Uh, it wraps up the story arc pretty well, I guess. I, I watched it. Alex, have you watched it, or have you been watching Invincible? I haven't watched a single episode, but I've read the whole book, so, like, from start to finish. So, so good so enough. I, good enough. I, so, so, Brad, have you watched it all? I have. I have watched it all. I didn't think it was as absolutely fantastic as you guys did. I didn't think really? there was anything wrong with it. Uh, but it's just like, okay, again, nothing, nothing necessarily new. It didn't feel like, uh, the, the characters that I liked were the two blue guys, the twins, uh, yeah. kind of guys. Uh, I've got the, the <laughs> omnibus, but I haven't, I don't think I've cracked it open. Um, so I, so I had nothing, you know, I had no preconceived notions of what was going on, but you kind of, uh, pick up on it pretty early. And they, I think the first episode pretty much tells you, you know, kind of quote unquote who the bad guy is. You, you were just kind of, I was just waiting to see if the bad guy was really the bad guy. And maybe that's something to come a little bit later as well. Is he just being misunderstood? Uh, but PMR, I think this is like one of your favorite shows now, right? It really is. I mean, I'm very disappointed that uh, it's over with, uh, well, for the time being. But yeah, the, it, it was pretty incredible. I, I won't lie. It was, uh, I'm not really a big cartoon uh, fan. I'm not. I don't really get into them that much, um, as we talked about Clone Wars and all that. But this this one really not only just held my interest, but like the voice acting was phenomenal in it. the The storyline itself, of course, I mean, it comes from the book, but 
but to see it played out, the animation was just fantastic. And, uh, and like I said before, they, they really built a world for in the eight episodes, they built a world. I mean, this, to me, this made Falcon and, uh, Winter Soldier just look sad in comparison. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really did enjoy this, this show more, more than I ever thought I would. I'd give a, I'd give it a five out of five. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would. Hey, so, Brian, but, uh, again, you're a big, uh, a big fan of the source material and everything lived up to your expectations. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm the one that got a uh, PMR into the book. Yeah. You, you talked did. him into absolutely it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the, there's no way you could have done this show live action. Like there's like the special effects budget would be, you know, insane. Like there's no way in, in this episode alone with all the death, like all the, but you know the, what? I mean, I, but I wouldn't want this live action. It was, it was perfect. The way it, the animation was perfect. I, for once I, w- I was watching a cartoon and I didn't feel like I was watching a cartoon. I, I felt like I was watching live action. I felt like I was watching something as closely from the comic book to TV as it could ever possibly be. The, the animation to me was that good. And the, the way the storyboarding and the way they played it out, I, it was fantastic. I mean, it really was. Well, and the, The fact that the whole episode and all the carnage is just for Omni-Man to show Invincible that, like, humans are like tissue paper. They're disposable. There's no reason for you to, like, be, have this emotional attachment. And he just murdered so many people. Oh, yeah. Like, it just kept, like, they, they set the, they set the table, uh, and man, they delivered in the last episode. Like, when, uh, when he says that, you know, uh, that he does, yeah, I love your mother, but, but to me, you got to realize I'm I'm going to live for a thousand years. He goes, so she's more like a pet. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that was so messed up. But excellent show. Like uh, the comic. Uh, here's the thing. This is this was the the money shot. Like to get the book rolling, this arc. But it gets so much better as it goes on. You know, you. You see Mark like grow up and have his own kid and, and that kind of thing. Like you, there's it's there's time jumps. There's uh, it, it goes intergalactic. There's the whole Vildermite uh, uh, invasion. You know all that stuff. It's like just the fact that the first season was just Mark or Invincible and Omni Man, and they're kind of collision course to each other. Once it gets off Earth, it gets like that much better. So yeah, yeah, yeah I cannot wait. I, I just just cannot wait for the, the series to come back. Well, as we were talking about in the green room, you may have to wait a little while uh, since so it has been greenlit for two more seasons. But uh, if it's just now greenlit, debatable on how quickly those will get to you. But we will uh, we'll see. And maybe Alex, by that time, maybe you will have watched one episode. Would you do that for us? Maybe I'll have watched something of Invincible. Okay, well, that's all we can ask for, Alex. That's all we can ask for. All right, well, Alex, I know uh, we've got a, a couple of uh, uh, a couple of retro reviews. We'll get to those as uh, Alex is going to give us a review of some Harry Potter movies. 
right, Alex, tell us a little bit about Harry Potter. What is this? What is this Harry Potter all about? And why are wow. you watching them? First of all, well, I, I took a little trip down to Orlando, and I I went to Universal, and I and I went to Diagon Alley, and I went to Hogsmeade and Hogwarts, and you know, I came back. And I came back and I was just like, you know what I want to do? And my girlfriend looked at me and said, please don't say it. And I said, I want to watch every Harry Potter movie. And for the past week, I have bugged her endlessly to sit down and watch them all with me. And we have gotten through the first three. Um, And man, Wow, what a what a trip down memory lane. Not a not a awesome like as good as you remember trip down memory lane, but a trip down memory lane. Uh, okay, is uh, it, just the less. Did she not want to watch it? Is it too close to home? Does it bring back too many? Yeah, I think she, memories. She watches them more than I do, so I think she had watched them recently and was like, "I don't feel like doing it again." And I was like, "Well, I do." And so I'm the man in this relationship. Good for I, you. So please, <laughs> can we please, can we please love love your feet? And so she, she then gladly accepted. Um, and we finally, uh, watched Harry Potter while building a Harry Potter Lego set. Um, wow. Yeah. And so, um, we, we watched source. So I'll start with Sorcerer's Stone. Um, it's actually what I, what I realized initially the first thing I realized is that these movies are really long. Like Sorcerer's Stone is two and a half hours and it is by far a kid's movie. Like the first two movies are just kid's movies. And for, for two and a half hours of a kid's movie, I don't know how I stayed awake during the entire thing as like a, like a five-year-old. I mean, it is long, but it's really good. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is surprisingly a really good child actor. Um, Ron's pretty good. Hermione's pretty weak. Um, I do love the the kindness of Dumbledore, the original Dumbledore. Uh, rest in peace. Um, yeah, it's it's really just, it was really fun. Um, it's just a really fun movie. Um, the ending's kind of weird. It, it's very just the it doesn't make sense why the whole the dungeons have like a giant chess piece in order to get to the vaults. It's really odd. It makes I mean it makes no sense. But it's a it's a fun kids movie, and I, I have no regrets watching it. Now, Chamber of Secrets, Jesus Christ, I have full regrets watching. Oh, what happened? Why? What, what happened Why? with Chamber, Chamber of Secrets? First off, Chamber of Secrets. Guess can can I have a guess of what the runtime for Chambers of Secrets is before anyone looks it up? One hour, uh, two hours and ten minutes. Two hours okay. and fifty-one minutes. Okay. No, it's not that long. Uh, I'll say two hours and 48 minutes. It is two hours and 55 minutes long. And it's long. And it is painfully uh, long. By Price is Right rules, I won. Yeah, you totally won that one. (laughs) And was this one – well, no. Chris Columbus directed the first – He directed the first two. The first two. He directed – and they they are far and above – when I get to Prisoner of Azkaban, I'll talk about just the tonal difference immediately. But the first two are by far and above kids' movies. And well, I, I, I really like Chamber of Secrets. I, okay, I, well, let, let me tell you right now. Go back and watch you're it. Wrong. Because by the middle part of it, I I had lost – like I, we had like seven different plot lines. And I was so confu- – I wasn't confused, 
but I was confused out of boredom and because I was on my phone way too often. I mean, well, that's your fault. Yeah, but you it's, knew the reveal. Like, there's yeah, a difference when you know the the big. You know, uh, you can't watch. You can only watch Empire Strikes Back one time and really enjoy it. Sure. Once but, you know the reveal, then it. But to be know, fair, I haven't. I haven't watched Chamber of Secrets in ten years, and while I remember the reveal. It, it, it That wasn't the problem I had with the movie. I mean, it, the pacing is just – there's no reason for it to be two – almost three hours long. There's no reason. I mean, when when by the time you get – we got to the Quidditch match uh, with Malfoy, and I was like, oh, my God. what? How far in on this movie? And we were only halfway through. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is – Stupid. And so then we get to the final battle, and I'm like, oh my God, well, how much left is in the movie? Ten minutes. And I was like, you telling me the final battle is like five minutes long. I mean, it is quick. And you're just like, that is lame. It was so lame. I mean, Harry just coincidentally stabs the basilisk right through the head, and you're just like, that, that was it? That, that, was the, that was what the whole buildup was for? And the guy who plays Tom Riddle sucks as an actor. And so, well, I'm sure I loved this movie as a kid, and I think I did. Man, I was bored out of my mind watching it again. I mean, it's way too long. The pacing's – and I thought Dobby was in it more, and he's, like, in the very beginning, and then he just has that one scene at the end. Thank God. I love Dobby, but this I is like – Dobby. Man, I, I – Hermione felt really shortchanged. She didn't have any reason to be in the movie other than to get um, whatever – petrified i mean it was just like ah that was a waste i mean you could totally skip number two and just go from one to three and you'd be fine there's nothing you'd miss um speaking of three though prisoner of azkaban is completely a different movie um i forgot who directed this one did alfonso Cuaron direct this yeah one? it's alfonso okay. Cuaron. It's alfonso man Cuaron. by the first shot of this movie it is like I love Chris Columbus's first. I love Sorcerer's Stone, but by the first shot of Prisoner of Azkaban, it's just a ten times better movie. I mean, the pacing's better, the shots are more meaningful and have more. Well, weight. they redid the castle and everything, right? I mean, yeah, they you know, re- Haggard's, yeah. Haggard's place is redone and everything. Yeah, Haggard's place isn't just sitting right next to the school. It's like down the hill and everything. It's so great. I mean, even the visual effects. I know we're getting later in the years and they're getting better. But they they're used better here, and they're and it, the way the Dementors look, and the way that everything freezes around them, it's great. All the stuff is great. Character development's great. I mean, I think every actor comes more into form here than they ever were in the last two, except Hermione, who's still a little weak. Um, but the script's ten times better. I did miss the old Dumbledore, my old gentle Dumbledore. Um, but other than that, the movie's just better overall. The serious black, all that stuff. I mean, Gary Oldman, of course, is a fantastic actor, but he's just so charming and lovable in, in the movie. And then Lupin's great. I mean, overall, Prisoner of Azkaban, whether it's just a better plot for a movie in general, you could literally just skip the first two movies and just watch Prisoner of Azkaban, and you'd pretty much know where to go from there i mean it it really is a new starting point for this whole franchise and it's great the tone's great everything's great i mean it's just a good movie overall uh, and that's where i am so far 
Wow. So, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm still having fun. No matter what, I'm having fun with these movies. There's fun stuff to make fun of. There's stuff to love. I think Daniel Radcliffe is surprisingly really good in the first two, which I didn't expect. And yeah, good movie. I will say, I will say for child actors, because they're usually horrible, these three were not horrible. I mean, yeah, the first one's kind of shaky with the child acting, but they weren't horrible. And then by the time they get around to the third one, they're really, really good. Yeah, and, I don't. Uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe is strong in all of them. I wouldn't even call him. I wouldn't even call him a child actor so much in the first two because he's actually just really good and talented. Most people Hermione's, feel like the third one's the best one, though. Yeah, I, I as of Out right of now, seven, it's definitely my favorite. I, I always claim number Goblet of Fire to be my favorite, but Prisoner of Azkaban, man, that movie's great. Um, yeah, it's super good. And so I'm going to continue uh, my watch along, and hopefully by the by the end I'll, I'll have a ranking, and, and I'll tell you the rest of my Harry Potter journey. Um, but, yeah, yeah that's, I, that's so far where I'm through. I love that you have a Harry Potter journey. And it is. I'm a it big is. fan I'm of Alfonso my... Cuaron, so maybe I'll, you may have talked me into watching this one. You, you should you should go. Have you never watched all the Harry Potters? No. What? Oh, I've never read a book. Oh, I've cool. seen one movie, and I think it was when I got advanced tickets and Podman Ron. Did we go see like the last part one or part two of the last one or something like that? Does that sound um, familiar? Yeah, we, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that was the only one I've seen. Man, I, I sat overjoyed in my Hufflepuff sweatshirt, building my Lego set, and watching Harry Potter. Wow. I, it's just a, it's it's such a fun movie. It's it's a it's so popcorny, but it's so just heartwarming to watch. It feels so nostalgic from my childhood. But I don't. But I still I still looked at it. I still made fun of it. It's just it's just fun. They're fun movies. Prisoner of Azkaban is just great. Um, yeah, I, I really do recommend just going through them all and just trying them out again because they're just fun. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. So so you had fun. I had fun. Excellent. Brian, did you have fun with your retro review? I did. I, I probably need to flip it. Well, this was what you're looking at. Uh, I realized I made a mistake in the, uh, in the oh, minutes. Oh, okay. But, uh, well, well, go ahead. Let's roll with it. <laughs> so my uh, my retro, uh, retro review is I watched a Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, oh, okay, okay. That Now I see what we're flipping. Yes, okay, yes. Please go forward with Kung Fu Hustle. So yeah, I watched Kung Fu Hustle. It's something you know I, I'd heard a lot about. Uh, I think the the fact that it was all in Korean always I, I was kind of like you know, held off. That was the reason I didn't watch it. But I uh, I finally went ahead, and I guess with all the Shang Chi stuff coming out, kind of got and to that you. sort of thing. I was like you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna finally uh, watch Kung Fu Hustle, and I watched it with the kids, and they loved it. Like uh, it's it's slapstick martial arts. Kung Fu. little um, musical. Musical, yeah. It's very, very good. Uh, and if you're intimidated by the Korean, there's not a lot of dialogue in the film. <laughs> you know, so right. you, you don't really, I mean, yeah, you got to read some, but not a ton. So uh, surprisingly, it's it's not really a distraction watching the film. But uh, it's very good. The uh, part of this we alluded to last week um, part of the change in Shang-Chi and uh, the Legend of the Ten Rings, it's not, you know, they're not rings on a finger anymore. They're, they're rings on his, on his arm. He's got five rings on each arm, and he can channel, like, his chi through them. At least that's what it looks like. Uh, that was from 
inspired from this movie because in the village, uh, they're being intimidated by a gang, uh, the hatchet men. So they don't carry guns, but they all carry like cleavers. And uh, this, this town's being like intimidated by them. Uh, and there's three people in the town that turns out are, are um, Kung Fu masters. So it's the baker, it's the tailor, um, and it's like uh, this like burly guy that's like, you know, uh, I guess he's like, uh, you always see him carrying grain, I guess, for the cattle and stuff. So I guess he's like a, a rancher. But uh, uh, the tailor, actually, he uses the rings from his drapery as his weapon. So he has like five rings on each arm. And so he uses them. He'll sling them down uh, and then use them to block when somebody's trying to hit him with a sword, kind of like a, uh, a Wonder Woman with like her, her, her gauntlets. hands, yep. her gauntlets. Uh, and but then he'll also like extend them out when he's punching and stuff. So I, I thought that was cool because I'm fairly certain that's where they got the uh, the idea for uh, Shang Chi and the ten, and the change with the ten rings there. Uh, and then you find out at, towards the end there's uh, two other people that are that are kung fu masters that you didn't realize uh, through the beginning half of the movie. So, but very, it's almost like a, a Jackie Chan movie combined with uh, the Three Stooges to an extent. And maybe a little bit of Warner Brothers like cartoons with some of the stuff that happens. It's very enjoyable though. Very it's a enjoyable. quick a quick uh, ninety minutes or so. Yeah. And where uh where did you watch this at, uh, dude? Where is it available? Uh it I actually purchased it oh, wow. uh, on that. iTunes. Wow. Hardcore. Brian and went all in with uh with this one. But let me see. I'm sure it's available somewhere. I, I it was at one point. I think it was on Netflix. Um, and the uh, so yeah. I, I it's been a long time since I've seen that. But I'm a big fan of Stephen Chow, uh, who I think wrote, directed, and starred in it. Uh, but the, fir- the first movie that that I came to him was Shaolin Soccer, which is, is the same type of shtick, like you said, Brian. It's a little bit of kung fu, a little musical, a little bit of Looney Tunes or whatever. Uh, a little bit more far-fetched that it's a soccer full of, like, Shaolin monks who, you know, kung fu experts and all that kind of stuff. And maybe skews a little bit younger, but still, uh, you know, kind of the same type of feel of kung fu hustle. But, yeah, kung fu hustle is a good movie. I enjoyed it, yeah. All right. Everyone should watch it. Hey, do, you, do you want to give well, it a rating? Next, I may try it next time. Right. I'll give it a. Uh, I'll give it a four. All right. All right. Yeah, you should give it a give it a shot. Uh, Alex, I know I suggested some uh, Asian movies. I don't know if uh, this was in here. You were looking for older ones, but this uh, Kung Fu Hustle would be a good one. Uh, again, easy watch, relatively. Uh, you know, it's one enjoyable. that. To what PMR enjoys, you could you could literally play this in the background all the time and just you know pick up right. a little bit here, pick up a little bit there. It's it's just good. Yeah. So. All right. Well, there you go. Now let's see. What you looking at? All right, Brian, tell us what you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, also been indoctrinated with uh, uh, happy endings. All right. Ah. So I, I got. Podman Ron on board. I got you on board. Alex, can I get you on board with happy endings? Have you seen any I, I of watched, it yet? 
I watched the first two or three episodes okay. with PMR. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and I, th- you know, I thought it was pretty charming. Uh, I, I do want to go back and watch the rest, but um, I got busy, so I was lazy. All um, right. Well, I'm glad we'll Brian has nothing to do. <laughs> he he did yeah. not get busy. Did uh, so. Tell us what you enjoyed about it, other than the Russo brothers. Well, the that's a big that's a big win. Yeah. Right. The Russo brothers is always a, a big seal of approval sort of stamp on it. But uh, you know, it's it's the the uh, it's almost like the friends dynamic, but a little bit more towards Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So like a lot of the yep. storylines are a little bit you know raunchier. The story you know the, the things that happen are a little edgier a lot of the time. So yeah, I feel like that. it. I feel like it's more of a uh, has more of a How I Met Your Mother vibe. If anybody, if you've watched that, has anyone? Yeah, I've watched How I Met Your Mother about three times. I wouldn't call it How I Met Your Mother. I would call it more New Girl, like a raunchier New Girl. Uh, I've never seen New Girl. Yeah, New Girl is probably the closest thing. If you haven't watched New Girl, watch New Girl. But other than that, I'd say the episodes I watched, it's more New Girl than anything. Well, it's it's an entertaining show. It's pretty, you know, you get several laughs off of it. I just cannot believe it. It came out in like 2011. You know, I mean, it is kind of nuts. You know, it, yeah, it ran for three seasons, so yeah. it's 10 years old. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> what uh, what happened to these stars? I mean, did they just kind of, I mean, drop out of sight? I mean, well, I mean, Damon Wayans Jr.'s in stuff. Uh, the big one though is Adam Paley. He's in stuff all the time now. Yeah, I was about no, to say Casey Wilson. He's the gay guy. Max. Max. He, those two are always in something or another. Casey Wilson, the dark-haired girl, and Max are always yeah. in something. <laughs> but, but what about, I mean, the other two blondes, they just kind of disappeared? They just disappeared. They just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Gone. Yep. No no need. They got they got their happy endings money, and they're having, having well, a happy endings Well, one was the daughter from 24. Did you know that, PMR? Yeah, which one is the daughter from, I, I recognize her, Elijah. Alex. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this, Brian. Have you never watched How I Met Your Mother? Nope. You should give it a try. I think you'd like it. Does it have a laugh track? No, no no laugh. It does. There's no laugh track? track? Nope. (laughs) It's too modern to have a laugh track, right? You should watch it. You would like it. I don't know if it does or not. Does it, Brian? I don't don't think it does. Does not have a laugh track. And don't don't we have a uh, sequel coming out somewhere or another? I don't want to talk oh, about your father. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that looks kind of dumb. That hurts my feelings. Ouch. But uh, hurts my feelings. It's actually a pretty funny show. I mean, Mother's great. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of my. It's probably top three favorite sitcoms of all, of time. all time. I mean, it's surprising because yeah. I I got dragged in kicking and screaming. I didn't think I'd like it at all, but I. I came in on like season six or seven, and yeah, it was really, really good. It's I mean, a really it's good show. I mean, fantastic. All right, maybe we, maybe we'll somebody will give us a record. How I Met Your Mother that. does have a laugh track. It does. It what? does. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't remember it, but you should give a friends has a laugh track. You like it? Tonto has a laugh track. You like it? There you go. It so shut your mouth. So you shut your what? mouth. Give it a try. Yeah. You won't I be can't. disappointed. You won't be disappointed. You will not. Don't be, I, I don't, do, be I, don't be all snobby. Don't be snobby. 
Well, the TV show that I started watching that does not have a laugh track is Broadchurch. Um, Ooh, yeah. And Ooh. I, I've tried, I've watched, I watched one episode before and I, oh, I liked also, it. Uh, yep. A laugh track on Broadchurch would make it 10 times darker. <laughs> it would make yeah, it a little bit creepier. That uh, would make it really fucked up. <laughs> so I tried to watch it before and it didn't take with me, but because we started watching uh, Mayor of Easttown, uh, we couldn't get enough of our uh, child murder mystery, so I started rewatching Broadchurch. It's on Netflix, uh, and we're a handful of episodes in. I think we're at the last episode again. Short seasons and everything. Uh, BBC drama, cop, you know, detective drama, uh, but it stars pretty much everyone who's been in Doctor Who, as it turns out. <laughs> David Tennant is the lead detective. Olivia Coleman is his uh, partner who's in, from The Crown. I, I got to believe Olivia Coleman was in a Doctor Who at some point. She was in a Doctor Who, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jodie Whittaker, the new Doctor, is the one of the other female leads in it. Uh, and then there's other characters that pop up. The the young kid reporter, he was in a Doctor Who and all that. So it's just it's kind of funny. Oh, that, the, the guy that owns the tackle shop yep. who, who plays uh, – Professor, or not Professor Filch, Filch, oh. uh, not Filch, the, who's the janitor guy, the, the squib? It's Filch. It's Filch. He was in Doctor Who episodes as well. Right, well, so they've uh, all been in Doctor Who or Shaun of the Dead. I don't think you can be a British actor without being in Doctor Who. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I was about I mean, to say. You, you kind of come to that determination is that, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you were to go back in time and watch a, a couple of episodes of The Love Boat or Fantasy Island, you'd be like, these are all the actors in the, the U.S. has to offer. <laughs> you know? so, so I'm like, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's uh, – I think it's like three seasons. It's uh, I don't know when it came out a handful of years ago. Uh, again, nothing necessarily special about the uh, storytelling of it. Um, but uh, because you have all these actors that you have some sort of familiarity with, I guess, is kind of uh, what drew me to it. Of course, I like David Tennant as one of my favorite doctors. Uh, and he's uh, a little bit harder to understand. His accent's a little bit thicker in this uh but uh no i i would say watch first episode see if you like it it's, it's uh worth a while watch i think have you uh have you conceded and just started watching it with closed captioning on uh some things yeah. i had to go back and turn them on yeah definitely at this point like if it's if i know it's gonna have a thick accent i'm just like screw it just turn on just turn it on yeah my wife watched the crown i think with the uh with the captions on for the most part I, I love Broadchurch. Uh, oh, I wouldn't, okay. I would. I I never made it through season two, so maybe finish season one. Season one's great. I mean, I I thoroughly loved that. I think I benched it in one night. I stayed up all night one night at college watching it. Um, it's great. Uh, but season two is kind of lackluster, and I think I just quit. Um, gotcha. Uh, season two gets a lot. It make it's frustrating. Like it makes yeah. you angry. Yeah, it got kind of boring, and I, I don't know. I, I There's more courtroom drama in season two. That's all I'll say. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it did make me want to go back and watch. I, I think after this I'll go back and watch uh, uh, whatever, True Detective with Maharaja Ali. I never watched that. I think season three. Yeah, that was really good. Season three was really good. Yeah, I never True watched that one. So I think after I watched it, I'll go to that. Was awful. Yeah, that's the that one. Season two. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I fell <laughs> off of it on that, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm watching a lot of uh, uh, detective murder mystery type things and uh, still tying it into the Podman with the Doctor Who theme there. That's, <laughs> that's my goal is to always tie it into some sort of thing like that. Uh, PMR. What are, you, yes. what are you looking at nowadays? Well, you know, I've been on a uh, Gary Shandling kick lately, and uh, I finished uh, the Larry Sanders show. Oh, and, nice. uh, oh, hang on. Uh, Alex wasn't present last week for the apology. I, yep. I, oh, I, I, uh, he did apologize to me. Over the yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He got an apology. Uh, you must watch Larry Sanders. Um so uh, Brian said the last podcast about this uh, documentary, uh, the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, Shandling. and uh, it's directed and uh, produced by Judd Apatow, who puts it all together because he was pretty much his, I want to say his student. I yeah, mean, his kind of his yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, this documentary, the only it's not, and it's not a bad thing. It's it's two parts, and each part's like two hours long, over two hours long. But wow, uh, it's it's an incredible documentary, and it's really sad life that he led. And uh, you, I mean, you see, you see that everything that he set out to do, he accomplished. And would once he accomplished stuff, he would just get bored. I mean, he was just like, well, what's next? You know, what's next? And uh, he was just such a neurotic perfectionist on stuff. And uh, and it all just really uh, the saddest part was, you know, his brother dying when his brother was 10 years old. And I think he was probably five or six when his brother died. And uh, that pretty much led to him never wanting to have kids. He was scared that the generic, his brother had cystic fibrosis. And, you know, he was scared that, you know, he would pass that gene on to his own kid. And, and, uh, so he didn't want to have kids because of that. And that was the whole reason, you know, him and, uh, that Linda Doucette, who was in Larry Sanders broke up. And, uh, I honestly think that that's the woman he really, really loved. And he yeah, didn't it really, seemed like it. Ap- yeah. He, after, after that ended, he didn't really, I mean, I'm sure he dated and did whatever, but he never got with anybody after that. And, uh, yeah, it was really sad. I mean, it was emotional. And, and then you see, you know, we mentioned, mentioned Judd Apatow, but we also saw all these other comedians who he influenced and he helped and, you know, that he took under his wing. And, you know, there was a great story about Conan when Conan was, uh, fired or let go from the tonight show after a year you know conan was so depressed you know he said he went out to hawaii to you know just kind of recoup and just get away from everything because every that's all everybody was talking about and he goes his first day in hawaii he gets a phone call and it's gary shandling going well, you know well, how are you doing <laughs> and uh he's basically he's like hey good i'm good i'm, I'm you know i'm what just as bad as you think but uh he's like where are you at and he's like i'm three bungalows down from you and he said gary shandling stayed with him that whole week that whole week in hawaii just trying to pep talk him and trying to get him motivated and back up on the horse again and you know telling him you know that's wasn't you you know don't let this define you or anything and just he was just a really awesome guy it sounded like and uh yeah, it was a it was God. I, 
was kind of sad towards the end there. Um, and the, uh, the the name that's associated with uh, Gary Shandling, at least in the early times, was that uh, Brad, uh, shit, what was his name? Something. Brad Gray. Brad Gray, right, that you would see. That he was a producer credit and everywhere, and he was this young Wonder Kent type stuff that was with Gary for a long time, and then... There was some bad blood there, and at least according to Gary, there was some highway robbery happening and stuff like that, well, and that set him on another tailspin of uh, kind of down. It did, and, yeah, and that actually that's what really at that point is where it went off the rails for him because yeah. he was really fiercely like wanted people to be loyal to him, and what this Brad Gray did was, and I don't know how Hollywood works, but what he was doing was he was developing TV show. He'd gotten these uh, TV show developing commitments to other shows, and he would steal the writers from Gary Sanders. I mean, Larry Sanders show, he'd steal their writers to go work on these other shows. And he would also represent other actors. And, and Gary felt like, well, now you're no longer serving my interest. You're serving your interest and you're serving these other clients' interests. You're supposed to be working for me. You're supposed to be helping me. And, uh, that's where it all went, you know, riot. So yeah, it was, it was incredible, incredible, uh, just to see his thought process. He yeah. wrote everything down. That's where it's called the Zen diaries because everything he writes, he wrote out every thought in his head. You know, it showed him, especially towards the end there, when he was trying to get back into stand-up again and just kind of do his thing. He, he had just papers, just notebook papers, and he just had everything raw, his jokes and his thoughts all written on these papers. And he just grabbed them all up and, you know, and try to put together something for his uh, stand-up routine. But, I mean, it's really a... Uh, for someone like, like you, Alex, who wants to get into the business just to watch this and see how he see how he worked himself into it i mean it, it was it was pretty cool it's a, it's a cool show it, cool uh, documentary brian did you see it have you watched all of it i've not watched it yet okay. i kind of wanted to to make it through larry sanders before i did yeah that'd be the uh that would be the the, uh, the end note for your for gary shandling experience palette cleanser and then after that you can watch earth uh not earth girls are easy uh what planet are you from yeah, uh, I had never <laughs> heard of that. I had never heard of that movie until yeah. that documentary. And then I was like, oh, wow. I want to see and, this uh, horrible movie now. Apparently, I mean, it looks awful. I mean, from the clips that they showed, it looked pretty goddamn terrible. Um, but, you know, it's just sad. I mean, he literally, after Larry uh, Larry Sanders, he just dropped off. I mean, he was yeah. just done, gone. And... Uh, you know, there's those little things like Iron Man he appeared in and, and stuff like that. He just, uh, and then they show me, you know, they showed a clip of him on the Tonight Show, on Conan's Tonight Show back in like 2009. And he was off. I mean, he, he, you could tell, and Conan's like, yeah, he, you could see a guy who was struggling and he was. I mean, yeah. it was really, it was really sad to see. Um, but yeah, it's a great documentary. I mean, really, 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 really good. Yep, I thought it was well produced and everything. Alex, you, you gotta, you gotta watch it if you want to ever be a stand-up comedian. That's the story here, or just a writer, anything. Yes, I mean, yeah. what this guy did. I mean, he just. I mean, it just shows the tenacity that he had and the drive to go for what he and wanted how to do. How oh yeah. Oh 
Well, they said that, you know, his, not only his comedy and everything about that, but like even, even those lawsuits, the lawsuit he did, they, it changed the way, you know, managers can now handle their clients in Hollywood. I mean, that, that was some, because he stood up for himself. Right, right. It was a long, I forgot how long it was, but it was a long battle, uh, legal battle for him as well. And the the one part that I thought was funny was where he was in the studio with Tom Petty. And he's talking to Tom yeah. Petty, and Tom Petty had just had a divorce, got a divorce or whatever. He's like, "Well, you lost half your money through a divorce. I lost half my money through my fucking producer or whatever." He's like, we, "We're a bunch of nobodies now." And Tom Petty's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's about right." And then he got Tom Petty said, "Like, well, you got this DVD thing going." <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I thought was it was really interesting. It was like Bob Saget and him were like best friends. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell Bob Saget is is going through some huge grief and 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 regret because when all this happened with you know Brad Gray, Brad Gray was his helping Bob out Saget's, Bob Saget, yeah, yeah. And Bob Saget made a joke, you know, detrimental to you know, and and Gary Shandling was the butt of the joke, and uh, that was it. Bob, I mean, Gary Shandling wrote him out of everything, you know, was just no longer friends with him. And he said that, you know, they, they reconnected like, I don't know what, 10 years later or something. And or maybe sooner than that, like five or six years later. And he's like, you know, everything was good. I thought, you know, we, we, we connected, we clicked, everything was like the old days. And he goes, I thought, you know, okay, we're back together. You know, we're good. And he goes, he would never return my phone calls after that. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, because he wasn't loyal to. Him. I mean, he 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 picked the side, and Gary Shanley was like, well, it was all about loyalty. So yeah, it was great. It was a great documentary. It made me really feel bad for uh, Gary Shanley, you know, about what he went through and everything. Well, look at this, Brian. It all started with uh, you should give give it a give it a shot. Give the Gary Shanley show a shot. I know, or, uh, man, I thought, Larry Sanders I a shot. And then he bitched about it for three seasons. Yeah, and he's like, I don't see what you people are talking about. I truly went down the Larry Sanders. We just got to find more than season one of the uh, Gary Shandling show, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brian, you found season one on iTunes, but that was about it, right? Because I I tell you, because they were showing clips of that, and it looked pretty funny, actually. You can find... um, uh, like UK editions, like, uh, but, uh, finding a, a U.S. version is, is next to impossible. And they've only got one season on Amazon prime. So that's not on prime. It's, uh, yeah. uh, we're on Amazon where you can buy it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what the deal is there either. See, that's weird. I can't believe that they don't have that out. Wow. And it must be something to do with his estate or something. I yeah. Imagine. You would think so. But you you got to get more. You got to watch uh, as many Gary Shandling uh, movies as possible, which I think is maybe just that one. Maybe he was in a think, few others. I don't know if he was or not, except Iron Man. <laughs> Fucking Hydra. Uh, all right, guys. I mean, I think that's uh, that's a solid uh, ending with that happy note. Jesus, we should have left with happy endings. We should have saved that for the end instead of Gary Shandling, right? Yeah, bra. We love yeah, Gary. we do love Gary Shandling. He's just Brian, you need to watch. Uh, you need to watch How I Met Your Mother. Alex, you need to watch the Gary Shandling uh, documentary. 
And, uh, well, I need to watch Larry Sanders show first. Okay, watch Larry Sanders show. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. And, uh, Brian, you have uh, what? what oh, uh, THS 1138. Uh, any other things other than the Bad Batch? We talked about that. Any other uh, TV shows coming out to follow? That may be about it. Wow. I think so, yeah. I think it's going to be a, a long, dry spell. Well, we got Loki coming out. When, isn't it June? June 11th. Well, that's, that'll be here before you know it. Yep. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. But yeah, yeah I'm, that, not, what, I'm what, what, There's not a lot to watch. We may have to have yeah. Jacob uh, on the next episode to give us a retro review of Top Gun or something. Possibly. Did he watch Top Gun? I saw that uh, it was on there. Did he watch it? Yep. We all watched Top Gun. Wow. Ouch. So. Top Gun. Yikes. I mean, oh, that wow. that alone does not make like Brian's fun house sound fun. I mean, that's going to bring yeah, down the I, fun level. <laughs> what? It was the number one movie in theaters for 40 weeks. I've never and seen it. And it shouldn't have been. Oh, my God. It's, it's so bad. So. I thought it was bad when I was watching it back in 1986. So. <laughs> That's not good. Does it age I mean, well, Brian? Or you know what? We should just we should have Jacob on next week and give us a retro review. Let's not let's not talk too much about it. What uh? When is Maverick coming out? It was supposed to be out June last year. I think it's August. Coming out. No, it's November 19th. Oh Jesus Christ. So. God, why do they keep pushing that turd back? <laughs> Push that turd back in. Jesus Christ, stop. They can't find a bathroom. They just got to push that, hold that turd in until it just pops out. Keeps I guess. prairie dogging. Yep, it's popping Good out. Lord. That just tells me that's a bad movie. Or, or we're in a pandemic. <laughs> no. <laughs> bad movie. Bad movie. Hey, also, Brian, so maybe if we could get Jacob... Since again, we may have a light week next week, or yeah, uh, if we could get Jacob to do Top Gun, and maybe we could get you to do a uh, what's the title of the new segment? Oh, the yeah, yeah, bad, uh, uh, oh my god, uh, it's uh, a master class in, in poor filmmaking. Master, maybe we could we get one of those from you? We sure can. All sure right, can. don't tell us what it is, but just be thinking about it. Your Your last one. Uh, was Jaws for the Revenge, which I still contend was a hell of a movie, but okay, fine, <laughs> fine. You have your points you made. Uh, but yeah, why don't we uh, plan for that for next time? That sounds good. All right. Do it. All right. All right. But until next time, save it for the podcast.